the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're in James. Last week we left off with verse 18 of chapter 1. And today our text is going to be chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Verse 19 is actually a continuation of the thought from verse 18. And he's writing that based on your understanding of who you are in Christ. That he has called you, he has created you for his purposes... It is time to discipline your soul. So you would see in the light of verse 18, all that he just said of you, it's time for you to discipline your soul to walk in the truth of it. Everything that I just said about you, it's time to discipline your soul to walk in the truth of it, to reject the lying thoughts, to reject all of the self-condemnation or the judgment of others or the woe is me or the despair over the world or the, the fear of the future or any of those things they are coming against your soul and they do not have any influence on who you are it's time to discipline our souls and receive the word of truth as salvation for your souls Now, that comes directly out of this text. Now, James begins by addressing outward behavior, and he's going to talk to the hearers first. And we're going to cut it off there, and next week we're going to talk to the doers, okay? Behavior is a clear picture of the condition of the soul. So as a man thinketh, right? And you see people acting out, and what you're seeing really is just a small picture of what's going on within them. And that's why we can look at their behavior, and we don't have to name them with their behavior. We don't have to say that person is according to their behavior. We can know that there are only two identities that a man carries. The human being carries. That is the identity of a man who is separate from God, who does not know God, who lives apart from God. He is manipulated and controlled and a slave of sin. And then there is the man who is born again of God and he is born of the Spirit and he is righteous and holy and pure in the sight of God. Those are the two identities. There are no other identities to hold. So he begins by addressing that behavior. 
Now, in the context of verse 19, they apparently had some people in this group who were quick to speak and slow to listen. I know we don't have any in here. So James gives this command, right? It is so also apparent that some were getting angry in this free flow of ideas. Anger is the Greek word orge. And it, it speaks of a deep smoldering resentment that becomes hate. And it's not somebody jumping up and saying, no, 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 that's not really, although that probably happened. It's people sitting there in their seats just getting madder and madder and angrier and angrier and then speaking against them. And what do we have? We have, we have dissension within the body. That's more dangerous than the explosion. And he's encouraging them to rid themselves of this prideful tendency of being quick to speak and slow to listen and not to cultivate anger. That's verse 19. Let's read it. Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let everyone be quick to hear, be careful, thoughtful listeners, slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger, patient, reflective, forgiving. Now, he's calling believers to come and listen quietly and humbly to the teaching of the Word of God. Now, this verse has been often taken out of context to bring a very man-centered message about being a good listener and being good and patient listener to those around you. And, well, that's good and that's true. But that is not the context or the original language, what the original language is pointing to. That's not what's going on there. This is about receiving the word of truth. That is the context. Receiving the word of truth, okay? And he's writing to believers, and he addresses them as beloved. That's how you know they're believers, right? And he tells them in the imperative, which is a command, to be quick to hear. Hear what? The word. Now, that implies an urgent need. It's imperative, and it implies an urgent need to hear, an eagerness to hear, silencing every distraction to hear what? The word of truth. That's what he's talking about. Now, I'm a little hard of hearing, so if I'm in a room and there's a lot going on and somebody's trying to talk to me, I might stop and say, hey, hey, just a second, keep it down, I can't hear. Or I'll draw close, so you'll see me do this. Why? Because I want to hear you. I don't want to be distracted. I'm not interested in having an overview of all the conversations in the room. I want to hear what you are speaking to me. And this is what he is addressing. He's saying, don't be quick to speak. Don't be jumping up in the middle of the service to add your opinion. Be quiet and listen to the word of God. Now, that's not about listening to people. It's about listening to the word of God. Okay? Be eager to hear the word of God. That is the logos. That word is the logos. And the word, that is the spoken word, the logos, if you will. Okay? In the early church, the written word was extremely rare and people would gather to hear it. And there were no microphones, so it was necessary to maintain order. 
Now, those were the circumstances they were dealing with on the surface. But the greater point that's being made is the need to receive the word of truth, to seek every opportunity to receive the word. The child of God should have an appetite for the word. Now, we teach that we receive the word through the Spirit and that God is known through a moment-by-moment communion. You've heard me talk about that, right? However, that is not so that we can disregard the Scripture. He gave us Scripture, and that is a vital part of that communion. It's a vital part of our interaction with God. So is prayer, okay? So we don't pick and choose what, well, I don't like to read, so I'm not going to do the word again. You don't do that because it's not about what you like. It's about how God chooses to communicate to you. And whether you believe it or not, regardless of your reading skill, he can communicate to you through his word. And you go to the word of God expecting him to communicate to you. Not light from heaven, but his word to your heart. Okay, this is how we walk in truth. This is how we attach ourselves to the moorings of truth that he gave us. Scriptures are the tangible revelation of our God, and those who disregard them are not eager to know them. They have become more focused on the flesh than the truth of God. Their faith is weak and anemic, and they have a sentimental Christianity, if they have one at all. And we see that a lot today because there are churches that are just about moving the emotions. Scripture is mentioned, but mentioned briefly. And what scripture these people get, they get in that brief moment or on Facebook. And that's it. That's it. That's sentimental Christianity. And I'm not sure it's Christianity at all. We come together to talk about the Word of God, to bring forth the Word of God, to to exalt the Word of God, to allow the Spirit of God to speak directly to who you are spiritually. That's what we're about. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. He humbled you and allowed you to be hungry. And fed you with manna, a substance which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, so that he might make you understand by personal experience that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. And this is a picture of a a man standing before God, just ready to receive whatever the Lord would speak. An anxiousness to hear him. A desire to hear him. A delight in listening to him. That's how we're called to live. And I ask you, as a nation, have we not been humbled? We have. Has not the passive, lethargic, disinterested Christian been humbled? Far too long, the modern Christian has satisfied themselves on the pods the pigs would eat, being distracted from the corruption of their souls by the comforts of this world. And unless God's mercy intervenes, the true child of God will be called upon to suffer the loss of many of his liberties, the liberties we have known, and be subjected to a greater moral darkness than we have ever known in this country. But we are not without hope, and we are not without joy, and we 
walk in the truth of who we are, not in what man would impose upon us. This verse is a call to believers to return to the table of truth and to fill their souls with the word of God, to meditate on and savor the word of God. He writes that we are to be slow to speak and slow to anger. There is much in the scripture about the danger of speaking too quickly and saying too much. This is an issue of the flesh. The flesh is ever anxious to assert itself and give an opinion. The spirit waits upon the Lord, for he considers the tongue should be dedicated to ministry and worship. Jesus never spoke hastily or frivolously. In John 14.10, he tells him, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not say on my own initiative or authority, but the Father abiding continually in me does his work, his attesting miracles and his acts of power. And he also told the disciples, do not worry about what you are to say when you appear before the, the religious leaders. Don't worry about it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't I need to study up? No. <laughs> I'm going to give you exactly the answer that you need. And it's not about whether or not they receive your answer. It's about you being fulfilled in speaking the truth. You ever thought about that? You're called to speak the truth, not convince anybody of anything. That's hard. Because we believe that if we spoke the truth, everybody would be convinced. But you know what? If you haven't seen it, speaking the truth isn't convince anybody of anything. They choose. They choose. Being quick to speak is an outward demonstration of the soul that is carnal, as is anger. Both have legitimate application when prompted by the Spirit, but neither is to be adopted as a way to live. Both are external evidences of walking according to the flesh when they are not prompted by the Spirit of God. Verse 20. For the resentful, deep-seated anger of men does not produce the righteousness of God, that standard of behavior that he requires for us. For the orge, the deep-seated anger of man, does not ergodzomai, does not ergodzomai produce, some translations you may have, achieve. That means in anger, producing or achieving in anger, the righteousness of God is not the goal. It can't happen. We cannot achieve the righteousness of God. We cannot. Here's the thing. In anger, I cannot present you with the righteousness of God. You will not hear it. You will not see it. It will be hidden behind my fleshly display of unreasonable emotion. Now, I want to say something real quick about that. Because a lot of people believe that they have issues with anger that are hereditary or they're just the way they are. And I will tell you that that might be the way your flesh is, but that's not the way you are if you're a child of God. You have a choice. It might be a vexation of the flesh. You should know that Jesus took captivity captive and you are no longer a slave to sin. No longer. But you can be captivated by sin as long as you choose to walk according to the flesh. People who will not let go of anger are people who don't know who they are if they're a child of God. 
You cannot receive the word in this condition. And this is what this passage is really concerned with. He's saying, you're sitting over there getting angry, but you're not hearing God speak to you. You're not receiving his word. Now, that is the big concern of James. Think about it. These people were undergoing all kinds of external pressure. They were under all kinds of persecution. They had lost much of their worldly goods. And they were suffering under that persecution of the Romans and the religious leaders. So what is their greatest need? Well, that one of them might tell you, well, I need a place to stay. Another one might say, well, I would like to have some food. Another one would say, well, I need somebody to protect me from this Roman guard. They would name all kinds of external things. And what does James do? He stands in the middle, or his letter is basically erecting a finger towards heaven. And he's saying, look at your God. Receive his word. Discipline your soul. Don't sit there and allow all of your circumstances, your bitterness towards those things, your observations and judgments about those things, ruminate in your soul, causing you to walk around in unbelief and despair. I'm telling you that you can have joy in the midst of your issues. You can endure with joy and confidence if you'll take your eyes off yourself And put it upon him. Well, that's just not very compassionate. Oh, it's it's the heart of compassion. If I can deliver you of your fear, is that not compassionate? If I can deliver you of your unbelief, is that not compassionate? If I can give you confidence and joy in the midst of your circumstances, is that not compassionate? We are to prepare our souls... To receive the word. Now that requires discipline. Which is accomplished by yielding to the cleansing work of the spirit. This is not to be a one time event. But we are to continually be ready to receive. Verse 21. So get rid of all uncleanliness. And all that remains of wickedness. And with a humble spirit receive the word of God. Which is implanted. Actually rooted in your heart. Which is able to save your souls. This is not eternal salvation. What he's talking about is an ongoing salvation. So that your soul. Your mind, will and emotion. Can be saved from fear. Be saved from doubt. Be saved from from greed. Be saved from selfishness. Be saved from bitterness. You name it. It can be saved. How can it be saved? Well there is a root of truth. At the center of your soul. That comes out from the center of your being. Which is where you are in union with Christ. That is how you're saved. Jesus, the Savior of eternity, is still saving you even today. As he walks into your soul, and just like he did in the temple, he will take those money changers and he will drive them out. Those who are exchanging truth for a lie. Those who are exchanging confidence for fear. Those who are constantly preying upon your mind, will, and emotion. Jesus will drive them out and bring you to a place of confidence. That's our God. James is telling us how to receive the word of God. Begin by getting rid of all the uncleanliness. All that remains of wickedness. 
Some of your translations will say lay aside or put aside, which I think is a better translation. The uh, actual word there is apotithemi, and it means to put away, to put aside, to disregard. And as one theologian wrote, the verb came to refer to the taking off of your clothes. You take off the filthy clothes that have become caked with dirt, the dirt of this world, the smell of sweat, the putrid odor of filth, and you lay them aside. Now, you remember where Jesus washed the feet of the disciples? You remember that? Well, why did he do that? That was a custom in the Middle East because they all wore sandals and they're all walking around on dirty roads. And when they got home, what needed to be cleaned was the feet. So they had a little little, uh, vase out there with water in it and a bowl and they would wash, have a servant wash their feet. And it was particularly the job of the servant. Well, Jesus says, I want to take that on for you. I want you to be cleansed of the dirt that you accumulate every day. When you wake up, the enemy starts chattering, doesn't he? Oh, this is going to be a lousy day for me. I got all this stuff going on. I don't know how I'm going to handle all this. And will they ever not settle the election? And what's going on in my life? And on and on and on, it's going. And you don't even make it to your cereal before you got a good case of something going on, right? And you're owning it because you think it's you. And God says, wash your feet. Put aside all of that nasty clothing. Brother, you stink. It's time to walk in the cleanliness and the godliness that I made you for. Put on the robes of righteousness. Cover yourself and clothe yourself in the spirit of God. Romans thirteen twelve. This present evil age is almost gone. And the day of Christ's return is almost here. So let us fling away the works of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Is that not a word to us today? We don't have room for any more reservations. The time is drawing short. There's no time to sit around deliberating whether you're all in or not. You are all in. It's time to live in the fullness of truth. It's time to disregard the appetites of the flesh. It's time to set a new standard for the way you live according to how God made you. Put all the filthiness aside. Quit being distracted from truth. Quit allowing the appetites of your flesh, the self-indulgence that you love. Quit allowing those things to come between you and the constant an aggressive pursuit of the word of God. That's what he's saying. Ephesians 4.22 That regarding your previous way of life, you put off your old self completely. Discard your former nature, which is being corrupted through deceitful desires. Well, I don't believe you have a former nature. (laughs) Okay? The Bible doesn't teach that, actually. You have one nature. Okay? But you can live according to the old nature. You can live like that old man is still alive and you'll walk around smelling like death. That's the reality of it. Put it off. You won't be perfect. Even as I preach this word, I know I'm going to fall and fail. I know these things. I know that I'm going to to lose sight of the truth. We all do. 
But when I fall, I'm going to fall forward. I'm going to get back up and put my eyes upon him. I'm going to recognize my need for him. And I'm going to invite him to fill me, to fill my soul, and to rid me of all of the things that would corrupt my soul. These verses are commanding you to put off the clothing of your former life as an unregenerate sinner. When you've lived to the appetites of the passions of the flesh, it's time to fill your souls with truth. Now notice that this is not about your identity as a believer. He is not saying change your identity. That's not possible, even if you wanted to. This is not about your identity as a believer. You do not lose your identity because you sin. This is about your soul and body, that they should be governed by the Word of God. That's what it's about. That you would take in the Word of God, that you'd be governed by the Word of God, that you would be hungry for the Word of God. Now, so many have given themselves to the salvation of eternity, but live with their souls dominated by the flesh. They're not allowing the Word of God to save their souls because they're enjoying their carnality. Now, I'm not going to debate with you who's saved and who's not. That's God's decision. But I'm telling you that if you're a child of God, there's only one place that you're going to know the abundance that Christ came to give you. And that is by walking in the fullness of what he created you to be. That's what abundance is. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.